This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. In week one, we looked at chapter one, which chapter one was a tough one. I started off the series, and it was very um, like doctrinally driven, right? It was all about the supremacy of Christ and uh, the, the deity of Christ and how, how Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the King. Jesus is the Christ. He's, you know, God in a bod, right? And so we talked about that because there was all this teaching going around that he wasn't, that it was just, you know, a load of whatever. And so um, you can fill in the blank for whatever with whatever you want to say there. But it was just junk. And so Paul feels, felt like he needed to write this letter to the church in Coloss and say, listen, here's the deal. Christ is supreme, Christ is the deity. He is fully God. And so we looked at how Christ is supreme and how this supreme uh, Messiah reconciles us to God. And it's for everybody. It's all inclusive because before it was very exclusive. It was, you know, the Jews had Yahweh and that's kind of the way it went. But Jesus shows up and goes, no, 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 no. This is for everybody, right? And so we looked at that in week one. Week two, Bob talked about higher life in Christ, how we have this paradigm shift that it's no longer about the rules and regulations and the laundry list of do's and don'ts, but it's about a relationship with Christ. It's this idea that, you know, it's about transformation. It's about our heart becoming like the heart of Christ. And then last week, Rich shared about inner life in Christ, talked about holy living. And just because we don't have to follow, you know, dot all the I's and cross all the T's and my P's and Q's and all that, just because that's the case doesn't necessarily give us permission to be giant turds, right? And I'm not sure that's the exact verbiage he used, but that's my paraphrase, right? It doesn't give us permission to be total jerks, right? We still have this, um, this inner life in Christ where we're experiencing this transformation like Bob talked about, and it's changing who we are. And yeah, we don't have to abide by every letter of the law, but there's still relationship with Christ and there's still transformation that needs to be taking place. And so this morning, um, in chapter four, it sort of focuses more on outer life in Christ. So week one was this deeper life in Christ. Christ is supreme. Week two was this higher life in Christ, where it's like you don't have to, it's not about the rules and regulations and all of that. And then there's this inner life where it's like, yeah, it's not about that, but there does need to be a relationship that's changing us and growing us and transforming us. And then this week, it's outer life. How does this express itself in our daily lives? How does it express itself in, you know, the workplace, in, in your family, in your regular routine of every day. And so if you've read the book of Colossians, chapter four is mostly just kind of wrapping up the letter. Because like we said in week one, Colossians is a letter that was written by an actual person to an actual church, right? It's written by this guy named Paul, and he wrote it to the church in Coloss. And so the, almost the whole last chapter is him saying, you know, all right, later, guys. Listen, I'm going to send this guy to you, and, you know, he's, I got his back. I vouch for him. He's coming. It's going to be cool. And pray for this guy while he's doing this thing over here, and pray for me because I'm in jail and all this stuff. And so he's going through, and he's wrapping up the letter and sending greetings and sending sort of directives moving forward. But the first couple of verses is gold. It's like practical, applicable gold. And then he goes into all like the, the whatever. But these first couple of verses, man, are awesome. And so this morning, what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus on Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. And so if you have your Bibles, I told you in week one, if you have a physical copy of a Bible, you should bring it, um, at least for this series, because um, I don't know if you guys can see from out there. 
but like I can like draw circles and highlight and arrows and like, oh yeah, that part goes with that part and this goes with this and he was really saying that and it's really cool when you look back on it later, you're like, oh yeah, we talked about that. That was, that was when this happened or whatever. And so I encourage you to do that. So if you have that, cool. If not, you suck. Um, I'm just kidding. If you have it like on your phone or whatever, you can follow along there or your uh, iPad or tablet. Nobody has tablets. This is an iPad church. Hallelujah, please. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Bob doesn't know what he's talking about. So if you have those, check it out. Otherwise, uh, for those of us who are super lazy, it's on the screen. Um, just kidding. Kind of. So Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 through 6, it says this. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And so I was talking in staff meeting this week, and I was like, man, there is so much right there. I mean, that right there, we could talk about just that little passage until 2018. Like for the next two months, we could break this down because the whole first little part of it is talking about prayer. We could do a whole series on prayer and devoting ourselves to prayer and praying for each other and praying for Thanksgiving and, and, and petitions to God and all this stuff. We could spend a whole series talking about that. And then the second part is about being others focused. We could do a whole series about that. You know, it's not your world and we just live in it. Be others focused, right? So we could talk a, a whole series about that. And then the final part, man, which I think is huge, he says, talks about grace seasoned with salt. We could do a whole series on that, about well, how we speak and how we talk and how we communicate and how we interact with one another. But I feel like all of them come together to paint a picture of our conduct. I feel like Paul's trying to paint a picture here of our conduct and how we should interact with others, how we should um, sort of compose ourselves and, and carry ourselves and, and be up in the world here in the here and now. And so they're parts of a whole, right? It talks about devoting ourselves to prayer, which is our source. And then it talks about being others focused, which is more of our perspective. And then it talks about uh, speaking with grace, seasoned with salt is more of our method. And so I'm going to talk through all three of those this morning real quick. We're going to spend the next probably 10, 15 minutes talking about it. And uh, hopefully you guys will leave challenged, encouraged, and changed this morning. So let's pray together, and then uh, we'll unpack this passage. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the freedom and the opportunity we have to come together and to just sing just celebratory songs, man, to sing songs of praise and adoration to you. Thank you that we get to come together. We have the freedom to come together and, and just fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ, that we, we can hang out with one another and experience community together. God, I pray this morning that as we open your word, I pray that it would speak truth to us. I pray that you send your Holy Spirit to illuminate the scriptures, that they would come alive in our hearts and in our lives. I pray that you would open our, open our minds and you would soften our hearts, that you'd make us receptive to what you have today. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen, amen. So the first part, Colossians chapter four, verses two through four. Let me read it again. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. The first part there is clutch. It's key. If you get nothing else this morning, get this. Devote yourselves to prayer. 
devote yourselves to prayer. This is kind of his arguments, right? This is kind of his final thoughts to the church in Colossus. And he says, listen, guys, I've told you all this stuff. We talked about the, the supremacy of Christ. We've talked about this new life that you have that's a, a freedom from the law and you get to operate in grace and by faith and all that stuff. It's not about works, all that. We talked about all that stuff. Now, let me just wrap up by saying, listen, in all of this, devote yourselves to prayer. The word that's used for devote there literally means persist or continue in. Hear me out. Prayer is not a spiritual luxury. Prayer is not a spiritual luxury. Prayer is essential for growth. Prayer is not something that we can just add on or throw in when we need it. It's essential for growth. And I feel like so much of my life was spent and so much of our lives are spent viewing prayer as this auxiliary tool that we have. It's like, oh, man, I can like pick up the bat phone and call God, right, when I need him. When things get crazy, when things get tough, I activate my prayer life, right? But we don't necessarily view it as like, hey, this is essential to growth. I like to compare it that prayer is as essential to our spiritual health as breathing is to our physical health, right? How many of you guys think about every breath that you take? No. I, I don't. When I think about breathing, when I'm running, I think a lot about breathing when I'm running because I'm like, you know, it's that whole inhale through your nose, exhale through your mouth, keep your breathing the same, even though all the rest of your body is dying. Simultaneously, your breathing has to maintain the same, which I I guess it can happen, right? You're like, and you're like, whole body going full blessing. When really all you want to do is go, right? Because you go barely, right? I think about breathing then. I'm thinking about every breath that I take. I'm like, suck in a little more. Okay, breathe that. Okay, breathe that a little more. A little more, a little more, a little more. Okay, so, right? When you're running, does that go through your head too or no? Or am I the only one that sucks at running and hates it with all my heart? No? Okay. So I think about running when, when it's tough. Or I think about breathing when it's tough, right? It's hard to maintain my breaths when I'm running. You know when else I think about breathing? When I'm underwater, it consumes my thoughts, right? Like, I'm t- I went, we went whitewater rafting down in Tennessee when the youth group took their trip, and there was this part where you could get out on a rock, right? And it was right in the middle of this rapid where, like, boats would almost flip. It, like, went, did a big dip and then went back up, and there's a rock over to the side. And so the guide, our guide was an interesting guide. He had a pinch of tobacco in his cheek that's probably bigger than my head, right? He's like this, and he's talking like this because he's got so much tobacco in his head. And he had a custom-made rafting helmet. This has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. He had a custom-made rafting helmet that was a cowboy hat. Guys, it was like a, I don't even know what material, it was like Kevlar cowboy hat. Incredible. He was probably named Tex. I don't know, but man, I couldn't understand his name because he was like, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, cool. Put some more tobacco in there. So our, our raft guide He pulls us off to the side of this giant rapid, and there's this huge rock here. And we could climb up on the rock, and then you could jump right into the middle of the white water, where you can see nothing but, like, crazy, nasty rapids. This is the Ocoee River where the 1996 Olympics were, okay? This is not like, oh, yeah, we were up in Sterling Heights rafting. No. This is the real deal, okay? And so there's, like, these rapids, and he's like, listen, don't jump over there. Don't jump over there. Jump right there. (laughs) We're like, What? And so, and so he's like, watch. And he like jumps and we're like, dude, our raft guy just died. 
Like, it's crazy. So he jumps in, and the way the water works, it sucks you to the bottom and then kicks you out about 40 feet down the, down the river. And so, like, we, he jumps in, and we're like, guys, what is going on? And he pops up where he's like, that was awesome! And we're like, what? He's like, do it! We're like, all right, cool. Guy the cowboy hat seems trustworthy. Let's do it. And so... <laughs> So we did, man, and we jumped in, and it was like the most incredible thing. He's like, when you jump in, make sure you're moving your feet like you're running, because you'll hit the ground, and it'll scratch your feet if you don't. We're like, what? And so we jump in, and then we did the whole thing. But you know what I was thinking about the whole time? My breath. I was thinking, oh, Lord, I'm going to meet my end right here, right now. (laughs) Right? Text with the cowboy hat. He's leading me to eternity, right? And so... I jump in, and when I'm underwater, I'm thinking about my breath. I'm thinking if anything goes awry, like right before I jump in, what do I do? I go, right? Because I'm preparing, because I know I'm going to be without breath, and so I'm like, I'm getting all like worked up with my breath, and then I and I'm slowly laying it out, and then by the end of this like 30, 40 feet underwater, I come out, and I'm like, it was, oh God, I almost choked right here thinking about it. It was like the little mermaid, you know, when she comes out over that rock, and she's like, that's what I felt like when I came out of the water. I was like, finally, I'm, I'm alive. And so when I'm underwater, I'm thinking about my breath, right? You ever jump off the diving board and you get in, and it goes a little bit deeper than you were anticipating, and like you see the top and you're like, oh God, I'm not going to make it, right? You guys ever think about that? Listen, here's the deal. Here's the parallel. Oftentimes, we only think about prayer when we're facing opposition, I think about my breath when I'm running because it's hard as H-E double hockey sticks, to run, right? And so I'm thinking about every breath I take, but when we face H-E double hockey sticks in life, that's when we start thinking about prayer because it's an auxiliary. It's not something that we think about all day, every day. When we're completely underwater and we desperately need God, it consumes our thoughts. We're praying like crazy. Am I right? We need to devote ourselves to prayer just like we devote ourselves to breathing. It needs to become so automatic and so part of who we are that it's, it's necessary for growth. It's necessary for a relationship with God. It's communication. You know, if I stopped communicating altogether with my wife, it would go downhill quick, right? Things would fall apart quickly. If I stopped communicating with all of my friends, things would fall apart quickly. Prayer is our communication with God. And it's not just us coming to God saying, God, I need this, God, I need that, God, I need this, God, I need that probably wants to backhand us like an annoying child when we do that, (laughs) right? Prayer is shutting up and listening just as much as it is talking. When he says devote ourselves to prayer, he's saying, yo, this is necessary for your spiritual growth. This is necessary for your heart to be in alignment with Jesus. This is not an auxiliary. It's an essential. It's vital to your spiritual maturity. And so he starts off this passage at the closing with his closing thoughts of devote yourself to to prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer. And then in verse 5, chapter two, verse, or chapter 4, verse 5, he says, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Essentially, what he's saying here is, guys, be others-focused, right? Namely, outsiders. Be outsiders-focused. Look for people who are different than you. Look for the other and be focused on that. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. In Mark 2, verse 17, Jesus talks about how he came for the sick, not the healthy, right? Jesus showed up, and he was focused on the outsiders. He was focused on the outliers and how to bring them in, 
right? He tells the story about the shepherd who leaves the 99 and goes and finds the one. Jesus is focused on the outsiders, and Paul is telling us here, he's saying, listen, be wise in the way you interact with these people. Be wise in the way that you interact with others. Because see, things have changed now that Jesus is on the scene, like I hit back in chapter one. You know, Yahweh was exclusively for the Jews and the religious. Yes, they had, you know, the Jewish movement had an evangelical approach, evangelistic approach, where you could convert to Judaism and all that stuff. But still, it was still an exclusive, tight-knit community. And then Jesus shows up, and you know who Jesus is for? Jesus is for the outsiders. Jesus is for the marginalized. Jesus is for the tax collectors who are like the biggest jerks in all of society right? Jesus was for them. Jesus was for the sinners. Jesus was for the unclean. Jesus was for the ones who had leprosy, who were social outcasts and pushed completely out, couldn't have any interaction with their family or society or anyone at all. Jesus was for the prostitutes. Jesus was for these societal outcasts. Jesus was for the outsiders. And so we need to be outsider focused too. We need to align our hearts with the heart of God, with the heart of Jesus, and be focused on the outsiders as well. We need to consistently and always be looking for outsiders to bring into the fringe. People who are completely outside of it, to bring them at least to the fringe. I'm not saying you got to grab these people that are far from God and be like, hey, become a, become a saint today, right? I'm just saying, at least get them to the fringe, one step closer. And we need to consistently look for people on the fringe to bring them into community, whether it be here at church or in your family or your workplace or community of friends or whatever the case may be, we need to be consistently focused on the outsiders, always looking out for the needs and the wants and the desires of others. And then Paul tells us, he says, to make the most of every opportunity. In other words, don't get ready, stay ready. In season and out of season, always be ready. You know what I like stay ready for? There's one thing in particular. I don't have to get ready. I stay ready. You want to know what it is? Happy birthday to you. If you need someone to start the happy birthday song at your party, I'm the guy. I stay ready. As soon as that last candle is lit, happy birthday to you. Everybody sing along. Come on, guys. I was at a party last night, and they, they were lighting the candles and the cake and everything, and then the last one got lit, and then the guy was like kind of awkwardly like, Like, am I going to start singing here? He did. I was like, happy birthday to you. And everybody sang along, and it was great, and it was a party. I stay ready to sing happy birthday, people. I am ready. That is my jam. I'm there, right? I don't have to get ready. Ain't nobody going to be like, okay, guys, let's all sing together. I'm like, no, let's do this, right? Paul's saying here, he's saying, listen, make the most of every opportunity. You know how you make the most of every opportunity? You stay ready. You ain't got to get ready. You ain't got to get warmed up. All right, let me get my Jesus track so I can get out here and lead some people to the Lord. Hallelujah. No, you ain't got to get ready. You got to stay ready. It's a shift of perspective, right? It's consistently being, looking for the outsiders, consistently looking for the marginalized and saying, you know what? I'm ready. I go in with my eyes open, ready to make a difference, ready to make an impact. I ain't got to get ready. I stay ready. Does that make sense? He says, be, uh, be wise in the way you interact with outsiders and make the most of every opportunity. Because opportunities come our way, and you know what? Most of the time, we're not ready. We have opportunities at the grocery store. We have opportunities at work. We have opportunities at family reunions. We have opportunities at the restaurant. But we're not ready. He says, make the most of every opportunity. You know how you do that? You stay ready. Happy birthday to you. Might not be on key, but everybody sings along, and they love it. So if you have a party and you feel awkward about it, just invite me. I'm all over it, okay? I stay ready. I stay ready. But we need to be ready in season 
and out of season. We don't just need to be ready to, to minister the gospel and share the love of Jesus with other people when we're all planning to go to the apartment complex and evangelize. I'm ready. I got my tracks in my Bible and I'm... No, 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 no. Everywhere we go, it's a shift in perspective. Everywhere we go, everything we do, we are ready. We stay ready. We're consistently looking for outsiders to bring them in. Consistently looking to be Jesus to people. And then in verse six, he says, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. I love this. I love how he kind of flows all of these together. He says, uh, the second part of that, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Oh, but I just don't know what I'm going to say. I just don't know what I'm going to do. Excuse, 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 right? I don't know. Uh, um, okay. Um, you know what the universal language is that crosses all barriers, all socioeconomic barriers, all racial barriers, all any barrier, political barriers, anything? You know what the, the universal language is? Grace, love, mercy, empathy. It's a universal language. He says, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. You come in spitting grace, you'll be able to talk to anybody. You come in full of love and empathy, understanding and mercy, you're going to be able to connect and talk with anybody. It's the universal language. Want to know how you stay ready and make the most of every single opportunity? Want to know how to connect with anyone and everyone? Speak the language of grace. Speak the language of mercy. Speak the language of understanding, of empathy, of love. Let that be the sum total of what you, what, what you talk about. The, 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 the problem I feel like with many of us is that if we were to paint a picture of our typical conversation, it would go something like this. We would go to Ruth's Chris. How many of you guys have ever been to Ruth's Chris? Exactly. None of us can afford it. We'd go to Ruth's Chris. <laughs> the three people that raised their hand, they're like, oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. So we go to Ruth's Chris, right? And we order like whatever it is that they serve there. I don't know. I've never been. Um, too poor. I'm just kidding. So you go there. I go there all the time. I'm super rich. Um, You go to Ruth's Chris and you order like whatever. Give me their special, you know, whatever. And you order water because you're trying to be healthy. But their water because it's more expensive of a place, right? Like they have their water just seems to be crispier than something. You like drinking, like, ooh, that's good water, right? You guys know what I'm talking about. Just because the tablecloths are nicer, you think their water tastes better. So you're drinking the water, you're like, man, this is so great. And you go order this like great appetizer. It's like the second best appetizer in the world. Because the first best appetizer in the world is at Red Coat Tavern. It's the beef tips. If you haven't had it, it's a religious, glorious, heavenly experience. Go there. It's the beef tips in this like sauce with these little triangle pieces of bread. Lord, help me to focus. It is so good. That's the first best. Anyway, you order this great appetizer at Ruth's Chris, and you know, you're eating it, and it's phenomenal. You're drinking your super intellectual water because it makes you smarter and healthier. And um, then they bring out the main course, right? But they bring it out in this, like, uh, Beauty and the Beast type thing where it's got, like, the lid on it, you know? In scary movies, you pull it off, and there's a head in there. You guys know what I'm talking about? So they bring, the, they bring that out to you, right? And they put it on your table, and you're like, oh, this is, jam. This is my jam. And so now, again, this is a picture of our conversation. You open it up, and it's a plate full of salt. And it's seasoned with meat. And you're like, what? He says here, he says, let your conversation be always full of grace, 
season with salt. See, I feel like most of the time our default is to be full of salt seasoned with grace, if we're being honest. Especially if you take a look at your social media platform. <laughs> Kidney punch. It's like we're full of salt seasoned with grace. Paul's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Back up a little bit. You need to be full of grace seasoned with salt. Big difference. Huge difference. You need to devote yourselves to prayer to where your source is God, right? You need to devote yourselves to prayer. And then you need to have a perspective that's looking to help others, that's others-focused, that's focusing on the outsiders. And when you're doing this, you need to be full of grace, full of grace. This is how you conduct yourselves. This is how you carry on. This is how you relate to the world around you. And so maybe you're in here this morning and you need to go with step one. Maybe you're in here this morning and you need to devote yourself to prayer. And I'm not saying that you're all of a sudden a switch is going to go off and like you start praying 23 hours a day, right? I'm not suggesting that. You know what I am suggesting? Maybe setting an alarm or two on your phone to go off. Baby steps here, right? Best movie ever. What about Bob? Baby steps. Maybe we just need to kind of inch our way into devoting ourselves to prayer. I mean, if we're being real. Maybe we need to set an alarm on our phone in the morning when it wakes us up. Say, hey, start the conversation with God. Maybe just even starting your day off with prayer. Some of you, if you prayed every morning, that would be seven more times you pray throughout the week than you do now. You'd go from zero to seven. That would be huge. God would be like, sweet, who are you again? Oh, hey, yeah, cool. Nice, awesome, sweet, you know? For some of us, maybe it's just that. Maybe it's going like all buck wild and be like, yeah, I'm going to set an alarm like 10, 12, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10. I'll pray a whole bunch. Maybe that's what you need to do. But maybe you're in here this morning and you need to devote yourself to prayer, creating a habit, creating a habit of dependency on God, creating a habit of conversating with him. Because once you get in that rhythm, once you get in that flow, and then you stop, it'd be the same as me and my wife stopped talking. It'd be like, there's this void, there's this emptiness, there's this, something's off, right? But many of us, we can go weeks without praying because we don't think about it. We don't need to, it doesn't, whatever. And there's no emptiness, no void, nothing going on. And so Paul's saying, listen, you want to grow in spiritual maturity? You want to grow in your relationship with Jesus? You want to move forward? You need to devote yourselves to prayer. You know, you need to devote yourself to prayer. Maybe you're in here this morning and you need to shift your perspective. Maybe you need to shift your perspective in a way that you are others focused, that you are making the most of every opportunity. That when you walk into, I say this all the time, when you walk into the grocery store, you're not just looking, what does Sam need from the grocery store? But you look in and say, what's going on with that cashier? What's going on with that worker? What's going on with this person who can't reach the rice? How can I help them? What can I do to help other people? It's shifting our perspective and our mentality completely. So maybe you're in here and you need to do that. Maybe you need to invite someone to church. When's the last time you invited someone to church? Saying, hey, you're an outsider. Come on in. Come hang out. Or maybe it's not even our faith community. Maybe it's your social community. When's the last time you invited that person at work that you know doesn't have any friends? Because you know when they don't have friends. When you know they don't have any friends. When's the last time you invited them to come hang out? Come to lunch with you and everybody else. Right? Maybe we need to begin to be others-focused. Maybe we need to always be ready. We need to stay ready. Have a perspective that's looking for that sort of thing. Maybe you're in here and you need to back off the saltiness. 
You're just salty. You need to back off a little bit, right? You need to be full of grace, seasoned with salt. You don't want to lift up that bucket, that platter thing, and it'd be just a plate full of salt. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you need to back off a little bit. Maybe your inclination is to be super cynical or super negative or super judgmental. You need to back off a bit and say, man, I need to be full of grace and mercy and hope and compassion and understanding and love. Like, are you speaking the language of grace on the regular? Are you speaking life into people? Or when people are done talking to you, do they walk around like, wow, that sucked the life right out of me? Or do they walk away filled up and encouraged and excited because you're speaking the language of grace. You're speaking life. And so what I want to do is I want the band to play another song and I want to give you guys an opportunity to do some business. Some of you during this song, you need to bust out your cell phone and start setting alarms, right? Set an alarm for 10 o'clock, start my day with Jesus. Set an alarm for 2 o'clock, stop being a jerk to my coworkers. Back off the saltiness, right? That's okay. That's okay. We can use technology to leverage this stuff. Maybe you need to do that. Maybe you need to just have a conversation with God during this and say, God, open my eyes, man. Broaden my perspective. Broaden my view. Help me to have a mind for outsiders. Help me to have thoughts and a perspective looking to serve and help and love others. Or maybe you'll spend this time saying, yeah, God, I'm pissed off about some stuff and we got to do some business because I'm just salty. I'm salty about all kinds of stuff. and It's coming out everywhere. I need you to help me, man. I need you to guide me. So I want us to give us an opportunity to do business with God this morning. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll do it. God, thank you so much for this morning. Lord, I pray for those of us in here today. I pray for those of us in here today that need to devote ourselves to prayer, that need to step up our communication with you. I pray that we would view this as a life source, that we would view this as an essential, as vital to the process, not just an auxiliary. God, I pray for those of us in here who need to broaden our perspective and need to stay ready for you to use us. Give us eyes for the outsiders. Give us eyes and a heart for the marginalized and the outcasts so that we can bring them into the fold. And God, for those of us in here that are just straight up salty, I pray that you would give us grace, that you would show us mercy and grace so that we can receive it and then reflect it to others. God, do work in us this morning. Do business with us this morning. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Go ahead and stand and worship with us. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe.